Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. That's right, that's it's right. It's going to be us. We can drink and talk shit as much as we want. Nobody can say anything to us. D.L. Hubley, uncut. All right, uh, welcome to D.L. Hughley Uncut. Of course, I am D.L. Hughley. <laughs> I'm Jasmine Sanders. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? I'm Jeff Brown. I was going to say, man, uh, I love your music, brother. It, 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 it's off now. Oh, now it's only in your head. Not in here, brother. Not in here. And that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know what's happening over there. Um, I have. I've decided. Uh, you know, I can't wait to get back to telling dick jokes. On January twenty twentieth, assuming the country's still here. I cannot wait. What's the obsession with dicks? I, I mean, it's just comedian. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I just want to do frivolous banter. I just want to, yes, I, I don't want to have any stakes to what we say anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how long that's going to be because with the way things are going and Trump's refusal for uh, to transition the power over to Biden, I just, I don't know. I don't understand why people are, 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 are a lot of motherfuckers who are evicted refuse to leave. Right. A lot of them. Right. But then the sheriff shows up. And then the, that's right. Secret but, what you, but what do you do when the sheriff is headed by Barr. The, the, the sheriff is headed by, by Barr till the same day that motherfucker's evicted. Right. Yeah. It's really, you know, it, we, we, I think that the one thing that we obviously know that he craves is attention. And this is his last gasp at it. He was a gas... Listen, this is the truth. The Trump reality show lasted four years. Moesha lasted longer than that. How about it? <laughs> I don't. I don't get like. Okay, I. I. You. You could try to stretch it out a little longer, mm-hmm. but in the end, your ass is out and going to jail. Right. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get a lot of attention. Right. So I don't really. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I, I wish. It's a couple of things are clear to me. One, he was always uh, this type of human being, and even if he, any. There, there's no uh, 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 argument for the fact that they're two distinctly ty- different type men. Now, I think political parties, you know, they all have their culpability and they all have been asleep at the switch and they all have done some things that are di- disastrous to the country. But between these two men, 
one is a better human being than the other. Yeah. And 71 million people decided that no matter how, this is when I knew how how, how fucked up it was. Uh, he's lost 666 children. What, that number, if that don't tell you everything about this motherfucker, then you need to know. <laughs> right. When you when that's the mark of the beast, you ain't shit. I right. mean, I'm just, right. I don't, I don't get wow. it. And for it to show up now, mm. and 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 for people like people who had careers before this and were respected, like Pompeo and and Bar, these people destroyed. Yeah. They are, they, but they, I think it go, it just goes to show how far they will go to get basically what they think they want. And just basically screw the rest of the country. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. They don't care Any, at all. Anybody who's, who says they love him is not a patriot and doesn't love America. Mm-mm. You know, it, it's, it's like, and I think what really irks them is people don't understand the power of the American president incumbency is unrivaled. They, it, particularly a president like him, he would use that power in illegal ways. He shut the post office down, broke sorting machines, fired people, hired somebody just because he thought they would get, she, she would be favorable to him in, the, in, in a uh, case in the Supreme Court, uh, activated armed thugs, um, um, spread misinformation. Like, there was so much uh, money spent on, on, on misinformation for black and brown people that he deliberately spent. Like, he did all these things. So if Barr is, in fact, going to... Uh, investigate voter surprise. Shouldn't he start at his uh, boss's office? Careful now. You're talking about 60 million stupid-ass white people. No, I'm not. It was more than 60. Yeah. Wow. It's ridiculous. I just, I don't understand it. And I've said this before. You know, as you just stated, career politicians. Yeah. People who, right. who've done this for a, for, living. For a living. And had a, a modicum, a, a, a lot of respect on yes. both sides of the aisle. Yes, have right. been very quiet or have not been as loud as I thought they would have been when they saw the road that, that Trump has been going down long ago, even before the kid situation, everything else. And I cannot help but wonder, you know, we've had this conversation before, Obama could have never gotten away with no. any of this. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? No. And and now Melania's refusing to uh, refusing to meet with Jill Biden. If you want to meet a ex stripper, just go to the Spearmint Rhino. You know that. <laughs> what, what's she gonna tell her anyway? Right, right. Well, I highly doubt Trump is gonna meet Biden. You just, if you want to meet with a stripper, just go to Spearmint Rhino and just mind the glitter. That's really. A, <laughs> I don't even understand. We didn't. I, they they were never seriously the president. A monkey who picks stocks could be successful. The American economy is such that it's going to look a certain way uh, because the stock market is full of rich people that are always going to find a way to make money no matter how miserable shit is. But that isn't the... And, and there are people who are willing to accept this level of, of, of disarray to pretend like uh, things were better. But in the, in the end, he's not, he was never competent to be president of the United States of America. It says a lot. Um, but in terms of him not leaving the White House, yeah. I'm not going to leave. Motherfucker, you will. You not will. Do sure. And just waiting around. And even said, listen, prepare the budgets for 2021. You we can. have work to do. You can. You can prepare. You can do all of that work. Look, he's the president till January 20th. And, 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 and you know what? I know me, uh, I, a lot of people, uh, unless you're really a dedicated employee, you don't work to your last day. No. Yeah. Like, who works today last day? But he's working. Think about all the people that he's firing. And this is what I don't understand. When you think about the the people with the the titles that he's firing, the guy with the the nuclear codes and all that, you're firing these people? Right. Like, are you kidding me? Right. And so for people to stand around and not say anything, 
I'm like, they all say something. He's not. He didn't listen when he was. This is the thing people don't understand. He he didn't listen when the job was at stake. He's damn sure ain't gonna listen when it ain't. He didn't listen to those people when he when he had a chance of winning an election. He's not gonna listen now. He's a he's a petulant child. And the fact that 71 million Americans thought that that was the way to go tells you what the chasm we have between healing this. Well, first off. To heal a nation, I said this before, there has to be this. I always hear these people talking about America needs to heal. But from what? Because to heal a nation, there has to be trauma or sickness. And we apparently we can't decide whether we had it or not. We can't decide whether there's been trauma or sickness. You, you don't go to a doctor and say you need to fix something and you can't tell them what that something is. And in America right now, 71 million people thought that this was the way forward. Have you ever been fired? A ton of times. Did you stay? <laughs> no. He's no. crazy. He's no. crazy. The only person I know that got fired and still did good was Keenan Wayans. That was it. That's the only one. That's the what? only nigga I've ever known that got fired and still got rich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Keenan Wayans. That in in living color. That was it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, we have a proper procedure. We have checks and balances. And so even though, you know, he's a petulant child, we understand that. But there are, you know, policies in place to prevent this from being, you know, something, a a dictatorship. He can't just basically run all over the Constitution and we don't do anything. Yeah, but a lot of this part of it is courtesy. A, a lot of this part well, no, of it. No, I get that. I get courtesy. that. So, but not the transition of power. The, no, Give me the, that. Well, even the transition of power, like like it's a courtesy for an administration to work with an administration before deadlines. Like it's a courtesy to do. It. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one thing uh, when Barack Obama was taking over the presidency from George W. Bush, he asked him to extend. Um, uh, it was some kind of financial arrangement for the auto workers industry, so that he wouldn't have to come into that. You know, so he would, you know, mm-hmm. and he did it. He did it. And so I think that you see a, a country full of men that uh, uh, who have loved America in, in their own way, um, but were retur- determined to kind of forward the idea of America. Because really, uh, what we're doing right now is what they do in, 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 in countries where there's not a, 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 a democracy. It's where it's sure. a banana republic. What we're doing right now is Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. we got the words preside and reign right. crossed up. Right. Preside implies that it's outside of your bloodline. Right. Right. It is something you're over. It is right. a station you right. hold. Right. A station is supposed to breed station etiquette. It's, in the military, it's called billet etiquette. When I come in, doesn't matter how I feel about you. Right. I'm a sergeant. I did this job. You're a sergeant. You're doing the job. Right. You're an asshole. I don't like you, but that ain't got nothing to do with this. Right. Mm. That's the way it's supposed and, to be. And that's and he has never had. Look at the way he treated like like internationally the way he was supposed to treat a queen. He wouldn't do it. Right. The way he's supposed to treat our our allies, he wouldn't do it. And it's not it's not even. It, here is the truth. Trump is. Every is everything everybody ever said about white people. He's right. Everything. He's the his. It's how everybody thinks we are, and we really are. He's the dude at NASCAR yeah. that started he's, the fight. That's he's true. real. He's but everybody's he idea of who we are. He sure. warned us. He said, this is who I am. He yeah. told us yeah. that. Yeah. And I think the lowest that he went to me anyway, in terms of treating other people, was the way he acted when John McCain died. 
and the way he refused to initially lower the flags at half staff. Right. Remember, he didn't want to go on the ship because it bore John McCain's name. Right. Like all of that. I want it covered up. And the things that he said about him and then his refusal, not that he was invited, to go to the funeral. Yeah. John McCain was like, mm-mm-mm. Mm. John McCain. I don't want him at the funeral. John McCain was at, was at the funeral at the same time Aretha Franklin. He couldn't go to none of them. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is an example of pettiness. That's really petty. But inhumanity, like his inhumanity, um, I thought with the uh, with the um, uh, Muslim ban and people trying to flee turmoil and strife. The paper. I thought towels. that was inhumane. He, the, when when he threw paper towels at people struggling and refused to admit that they were part of the country. When he when someone died, uh, you know, at the in Charlottesville, and he said they were not only did he say they were good people on both sides, but he refused to call. Um, the, the the young girl's mother, Heather Heyer, I think was her name. He refused to call her mother when the Afri- when the soldier was uh, the the black soldier was slain in Africa in Niger, and he's like ah, and when he put all those the like so his 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 lack of attention or lack of respect for protocol is 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 abominable. But his inhumanity, like just not even being all Trump needed to do to be ele- reelected was to feign empathy. All he had to do was pretend like he gave a fuck and he couldn't, like all he had to do was go, I'm concerned about, can you imagine a time in our history? Like, cause black people, one thing about America, we pretend to care about our fallen. A lot of people, yes. Yeah, I we have parades for them. We, yeah, we do all that kind of shit. We pretend to give a shit about them. We have mastered the art of fake empathy. <laughs> like uh, 200 and some 50,000 Americans at this point are dead. Never in this country did we have a moment of silence. Never did he open, uh, you know, a talk, with, uh, you know, a, a interaction with the press where he lamented the loss. Right. Like, if he'd have done just that, just barely enough, America would have reelected him. Our compassion yeah, is Yeah, but pleather. I think Donald Trump is who he is. I right. think his entire life, he's never had to feign anything. He's always been able to walk the way he wanted to, to talk right. the way he wanted to. And I think he took that same attitude into the office of the presidency. Yep. So when you see situations like the tragedies in Puerto Rico and, and all of these things, even the stuff that happens here in this country, he doesn't care. And he's never had to pretend to care about anything. So he's thought, he's like, why should I pretend now? I'm not going to start now. Right. 107. Look Man. here. A lot of people, mama said that they ain't shit, but did they write a book? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Your mama wrote a, your mama well, they got wrote a book. They got to know how to write yeah. first, but that's not oh, the point. Oh, and then there's that minor <laughs> thing, minor it's things. interesting how people, um, like they were talking about the 20% of black men who voted for him, um, like, and they, they used it, it, it. Why would I be shocked that a gangster rapper likes a gangster? How about it? <laughs> like, like. All the shit he they rap about, he did. Yeah, and and that's aspirational to them. Right. But I but I'll say, I think that there is a a empathy deficit, and not, not just a physical financial deficit we have. And I think that it is one that's only been exacerbated. Only one, because t- for real, you have to. In reality, there has to be an empathy empathy deficit to be able to do the shit we've done to people. Like the things we, the inhumane things that we've done, and we used to be able to pretend like they didn't exist. But we've done things. Um, we, we, we've just swapped out men and women in chains for kids in cages. Mm. But we really have, and I think that, and I think that the thing that galls America the most, and I, I remember uh, we were talking about this on the show, is this like that whole David and so, that, that whole Solomon thing where 
the, the mother had the the, the baby. two mothers oh, that came to mothers, Solomon yeah. about the baby. America would rather kill the baby and die, kill America than share. America would rather mm. um, the, those people sure. who voted for Trump would rather it die than then not be a part of it. And it's it's very clear. And it's and the problem is the the one thing that that the imbalance is that there are too many people in America with way too much to say and too little to offer. Mm. Um, imagine uh, the Electoral College gives them artificial power. Imagine mm. the dude who drives you to the airport telling you how to spend your money. Sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our next, is, our next guest is the author of the book, OMG, WTF, Does the Constitution Actually Say? Welcome to the program, Ben Sheehan. <laughs> OMG. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's funnier that, than that to me, the Constitution. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Um, every time I see uh, you, you work for Funny, you, you actually award, won awards for Funny or Die. Um, they do a, a marvelous job at um, irony and reality and how they clash. I think that what you do successfully is carry things out to their most absurd conclusion. Like you, like you try to be. It looks like you're trying to be earnest. Like you're not trying to poke fun at somebody's belief, but in the end, it just can't hold up under the weight of itself. Well, doing videos about government, the absurdity does a lot of the work. For me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really looked to you know when I was working at Funny or Die, I really wanted to take things that I thought were important and interesting, but maybe didn't seem interesting on their face and then find a way to like make it understandable, make it easy to wrap people's head around and things like gerrymandering, which is like incredibly important. We need to know about, but the word is confusing, turns people off. So how do we find an entry point for people to understand it and get involved? Is gerrymandering important? Is it, it does it have a lot of impact on people's lives? It does. It has a, a <laughs> it great amount of impact on people's lives. I think that when people use terms like that, uh, no one really understands how that works. It's like basically I'm gonna I'm going to artificially make this thing work to my benefit, right? Like I'm gonna and and keep it so that it works that way, regardless of the. It's like redlining for us. Like it's like I'm, I'm going to the, the the way that we have to pay more. Like it's it's so expensive to be poor that almost nobody can afford to do it. But they they get help doing that by by gerrymandering by redlining. And stuff like that is always, it's always been hilarious to me, but it's really kind of this unknown world that people don't really understand what it is. Right. I mean, it's horrifying. And, and what it, you know, we talk so much about voter suppression and, and rightfully so, but I look at gerrymandering as like, once you've actually cast your vote, there's an act of suppression at the very end that works to make your vote not count just by the <laughs> district that you're in. 
<laughs> and in the same way to what you're saying, there's also an act of voter suppression that happens at the very beginning, which is the fact that we don't teach civics in our schools anymore. So if you don't teach people why the government impacts them or how it happens, they'll be less likely to, to turn out. So voter suppression, you know, is so vast. It's such a vast thing and it's easy to fall into like the conspiratorial element of it. But it's also true, and it's as old as the country itself. But that's interesting because I, I think one of the things, the points that you make in the book when you talk about the fact that they teach more history in school than they do civics, and I had never really thought about it that way until I, I read what you wrote, and I thought that's so true. They spend so much time teaching you about all of these things that happened in wars and battles, but they don't even spend a lot of time teaching the very basics of how our government works. It just it makes no sense. Yeah, and it's sort of like, I, I liken it to, like, if you're reading a recipe and, like, for every step it gave you, like, all the context, like, where the chef got their ingredients, like, <laughs> who cares? Like, tell me how to make it. Yeah. And, and... Is it obvious to you that a lot of people who uh, represent us uh, don't uh, have a grasp of what civics are, haven't taken civics? Painful. Um, all the time, basically anytime I watch the news and, and I see people, <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really frightening. And, and these are people who swear an oath to uphold this document, but, you know, don't necessarily understand it themselves. And that is really important to know how it works, especially as we're going into a process these next two months, where I think a lot of people are going to be surprised what they learn about the electoral college. Well, okay. Cause okay. for me, the, the, the things that step, uh, the, 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 the uh, stark for me is the fact that, you know, in the Constitution, black people were three-fifths human, and the, the Electoral College was a, a a relic given to white dudes who lost. Like, like that's the, the, it, was their, it was their trophy, but we're still being impacted by, by it. Uh, uh, the Constitution uh, has been amended, what, 28 times? How many times? 27 times, yeah. I'm, I'm one over, and, and I'm sure it will be again, and then I'll be right. Um, <laughs> Because they didn't expect it to be a, 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 a perfect document, right? It, it had room to be expansive, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, it was only written, the first seven articles were written in less than four months, and they gave us the ability to change it. They wanted us to change it. I mean, they gave us the power to change it, and they even discussed how often it should be changed. And Thomas Jefferson, uh, you know, he wasn't at the writing, uh, uh, at the convention, but he thought it should be changed every 19 years. Not amended, fully changed. And the, I, the logic was that it's like expecting a coat you wore as a kid to fit you as an adult because laws change and mores change and people change and the Constitution should change with the progress of the human mind. But we've, we've barely updated it these last, you know, several decades, and I think that's a problem. Because they talk about the Founding Fathers. L listen, they might have been brilliant men, but they weren't clairvoyant. They couldn't have known about the Internet. I, if the Founding Fathers came back, the first thing they would do— uh, was <laughs> was roll over the graves that a black dude could read. So it wasn't like <laughs> <laughs> if they found a way out of black place, we were like, we, where do we where do we yeah. put that at? But but they 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 hold it up as this this perfect document, like it it came down from heaven. But these were fallible men who had a, a, an idealistic uh, notion and wanted to memorialize it. And I think it's a pretty uh, if enacted. I think the Constitution is a, is a, is a wonderful document, except except that it has so many varied interpretations that we don't. It's, it's like you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, and and the Constitution is what you want it to be. And I think that right. that it doesn't. It does. What does the Constitution say about, for instance, 
black people. Obviously, we were three-fifths human, but that was because they didn't want us to have the voting. <laughs> they didn't want what happened in Georgia to have happened, right? They didn't want... <laughs> they were and, trying to avoid Stacey Abrams. Right. And what they did, they really left... You know, I, I think my biggest takeaway is how much is left, like, specifically with voting, right? I mean, how much is left up to the states? And in the Constitution, it doesn't say specifically that certain people can and can't vote, but because they left it up to the states, states went ahead and made laws saying that only white men who own property could vote. And when it came to deciding, like, you know, representation, the fact that African-Americans counted as three-fifths of uh, a person, or enslaved people counted as three-fifths of a person, that meant that states with a high population of enslaved people had more power in the Electoral College, because electoral votes are based on representatives plus senators. In fact, in 1800, Thomas Jefferson, who owned the most slaves of any uh, president, he literally got elected by a margin in the Electoral College, and if you add up all the southern states, the electoral votes they got just on the enslaved population, that's more than his margin of victory. So he literally <laughs> got elected because of electoral votes based on the enslaved population in 1800. That's amazing. What do you think, what do you think we could do, because the Constitution is a framework, but it, it was designed to be expansive. Where do you think it needs to change it? Well, I think, you know, I, it, it's interesting because when we talk about the Constitution, we so often refer to the, you know, the, like the version that existed in 1789 when it went into effect. But, you know, we've seen it expanded so much. And the most important amendments, I think, are the 13th, 14th, and, and 15th, which all, which all came in um, a five-year stretch. But the work is still not finished. And I think what we need to do is we need to, um, if I had the power, which I don't have the power to <laughs> No, we, we know that. We, <laughs> you're a comedian. It's hilarious. It, it would be great. It's a funny it die skip, but it's not, yeah, it's not real. Only comedians get to amend the Constitution. We need to add an amendment specifically stating that we have a right to vote, because even the famous voting rights amendments like the, the 15th and the 19th and the 26th, um, they protect voting rights from being taken away if you're a citizen based on your race, based on your sex, based on being 18 plus, but they don't proactively give us voting rights. And so if we- So that's the caveat, the that's, idea, how they, that's how they get away with it. That's the thing they use, right? They, and so it would be great to get another um, Voting Rights Act, you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, if that were to pass Congress. But, um, you know, there's also been an amendment introduced uh, in, in the Senate to give people proactively, fundamentally the right to vote. How, how is that funny? Because to me, it's funny because I love the idea of information and irony and this absurdity all mixed in, in one kind of thing, which you've done a great job uh, of in the book. But I, I would have never thought to take the Constitution and go, fuck it, I'm going to write 300 pages on this and it's going to be <laughs> hilarious. I mean, there's so many weird things that we don't realize are in there. For example, like, congrats to both of you and everyone watching this, because everyone watching this has all the qualifications necessary to be on the Supreme Court. And the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't tell because there are none. Um, there are, like, weird things. Like, you can sue people over, you know, over a, a civil suit for, like, a minimum of $20, and, like, they never updated it, and it's, like, really, really strange little parts of the Constitution. Even mark, letters of mark and reprisal, basically Congress can give you a letter if you own a boat, and voila, you're like a volunteer member of the Navy. <laughs> What's your name? Mikhail. Mikhail is my name, David, and I'm, and I'm a, a skipper. But isn't it, uh, I think that obviously we shouldn't take ourselves too seri seriously, but even now what we're seeing right now, 
There is, uh, for instance, uh, what's happened, transpired in the last few days. There is no constitutional mandate for Trump uh, to concede, right? He doesn't have to. It's not in the Constitution, right? It's a courtesy, right? right? There's nothing about concession in the Constitution. And, um, you know, that that election I mentioned earlier, 1800, you know, that was the first peaceful transfer of, of, of power. And we've been doing it ever since. And we've gotten close to some pretty, you know, un- unfortunate situations. In 1877, uh, the election wasn't decided until two days before Inauguration Day. And they were literally planning parallel inaugurations. So we've had it relied on transfer of power peacefully. But on January 20th at noon Eastern time, the term ends for president and vice president. And there's a line of succession if nobody's been chosen. And that line of succession starts with the Speaker of the House and then the Senate President pro tempore and then every cabinet member from like order of creation. So starting with Secretary of State and ending um, with Homeland Security. But there are a lot of parts of the Electoral College that are not written down in the Constitution, like the details about who the electors are allowed to vote for. It's left up to the states. And my worry is that something happens at that electoral count on January 6th that throws things into chaos. Mm. Yeah, because it's because they could, in theory, decide who to give their life. It's weird because Pompeo said, Mike Pompeo said that the Trump administration is ready, ready for a second term, which was very ominous to me. But there is nothing to preclude them refusing to leave or trying to influence or or. Uh, to to do something with the people who have the ability to 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 pass out their electoral college votes, right? Right, and and I think the dates that you know we should all be paying attention to um, that are going to happen in the next few months. So December eighth is something called the safe harbor date, where if there's a controversy in a state, say there's a recount or a court case, there's an opportunity for the state legislature to appoint different electors, and as long as they do it, you know, according to the state laws that existed before election day. Uh, they can do that. And in some states, like Georgia, for example, the electors don't have to follow the popular vote. Uh, so that creates a problem in, in Georgia. Same thing with Pennsylvania. Wow. Although the, Pennsylvania, the legislature said that they're not going to you know, thwart the will of the people. But that's just the first step. And then they actually vote on December 14th, and then they count the votes on January 6th. But the process of counting the votes. What the fuck were the founders thinking? Like, I literally, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's. Crazy. I get high, and they didn't even have that back then. So what were they thinking to make? This is the most. This is a banana republic type shit. I don't even. It's it's it's, it's obviously supposed to be a sophisticated document, but when it, what what the what I think the founding fathers never anticipated a lot of things. They never anticipated the internet. They never anticipated. Baited, uh, you know, what would happen with the expansion of, of, of slavery and rights. And they never anticipated a demagogue becoming president. They never anticipated this. Yeah, in fact, the whole constitution was written in, you know, reaction to a demagogue. Right. They like <laughs> right. That they lived under and their parents and grandparents lived under. So they're like, we're going to give the power to people and the representatives in Congress to be the more powerful branch that we don't have one dude who's just like, passing laws on his own and giving, you know, power to his kids. Like, it was created... Like now! <laughs> like, right now. Like, right now. Do you... Are you really afraid of... Like, like because you know so much. Like, you know, NB, uh, what, NBC... Do, do, do. The more you know, the more not you know. for you. The more, for you. the more you know is fucking horrifying. But are you really... Do you re- Are you really worried about some of these things? I... I think it's a low, to be honest with you, I think it's a low probability. But as you point out today, when Mike Pompeo comes out and says that they're going to respect the peaceful transfer of power for the second term, like, 
you could say he's just saying that because they want to win, win the runoffs in Georgia and they need Trump supporters to turn out. But the truth is that the law that governs the counting of electoral votes is absolutely unintelligible and batshit crazy. <laughs> that, that I believe. So, people can't agree on it. So I don't put a lot of faith in that guardrail to govern the process. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, I, I don't know what the official <laughs> constitutional language for where fucked is, but <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing in the Constitution really quick, what, what would it be? I would say at the if I were to pass an amendment and and I had the power to do that, which again I can't. Um, and beyond the voting rights uh, amendment I mentioned earlier, um, I think it's really important that we get money out of politics. And I know that's a pipe dream, but if you were to pass a, a amendment mandating publicly funded elections, um, it would change everything. And I would say the same thing for the electoral college. Uh, to to amend it so that it is the people popular vote choosing the president and not this insane system. You could you shouldn't call it college with so many illiterate states. You should call oh, it the, the, the electoral junior college. <laughs> <laughs> the electoral clusterfuck. <laughs> now that's appropriate. You're you're a funny young dude, man. And and your and your book. Uh, what, what was the book again? Jasmine? Oh my goodness. O M G W T F. Is the Constitution <laughs> right. really say? Even I can keep up with that. Even <laughs> hey man, very funny. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Take care.